Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast. The voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. You're listening to the award-winning podcast, The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show, featuring business leaders to help you navigate a constantly changing marketplace. Want to become known as a trusted authority while building a thriving business you love? The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show will show you how. Here's your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Welcome to another episode of the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show brought to you by the InfluenceAlliance.com, which is the membership program for coaches and consultants who want to build a profitable and scalable business while also launch and grow a podcast so that they can make a much bigger impact in the world with their message. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Now, my guest today says the most important thing at work is your game. And joining me on today's show is Dre Baldwin. Now, Dre went from his high school bench to a nine-year professional basketball career in just five years. Now, he's the CEO of Work Your Game or Work On Your Game, which specializes in helping people dominate their game in business, in sport, and in life from the inside out. Now, his daily Work On Your Game podcast is over 4 million listens. He's also published over 15,000 of pieces of original content. He's written 29 books, has given four TEDx talks on discipline, on confidence, mental toughness, and personal personal initiative. Now, on today's show, he's going to talk about mastering the third day. It helps you unlock or have you have your best days when you least feel like it. How to tap into the super you to unlock your highest level of confidence without faking it till you make that. I hate that saying too. And how to stay focused and stay away from shiny object syndrome. Lots of golden nuggets in today's show. Welcome, Dre. Oh, thank you for having me on, Anne-Marie. I'm excited for this conversation. Uh, all of those things, I'm sure each and every one of us who have been in business, um, call ourselves entrepreneurs, can relate to all of those things from shiny object syndrome, being told, fake it till you make it. You know, I heard one of my colleagues share, she was on a, a webinar and the, the speaker told them, look, if you don't think your story is good enough, just make one up. I mean, the stuff that you hear these <laughs> days is just, um, yeah, anyway. <laughs> I know that that certainly you share the opposite and you're going to talk about that today. Just going back yes. to your uh, the introduction, the nine-year professional basketball career that you went from high school bench to just five years to the top of, yeah. of your game. Looking back, I think often the hindsight that we learn can be the greatest lessons that we see that we've learned that we can now also impart to others what would you go back and tell your younger self? Is there anything that you would go back and, and share back to that younger self? At age 18, uh, one of the biggest things is uh, you're going to regret all the things that you don't do, 
all the things that you don't try, all the risks that you don't take, all the chances that you don't uh, take advantage of. So every anything that I can look back on my life, I try not to look at things as regrets, but anything that I might, damn, I, I missed that or I could have did it differently is always something that I did not do. Anything that I did do, even if I made a mistake, I can look back at it and laugh and say, well, at least I know what happened. Yeah. Right? But the things that I didn't do anything, then I'll never know. Yeah, I love that response. Here's why, because often that question's asked, what would you tell the younger self? What would you do differently? Right. And, you know, honestly, I wouldn't do anything differently. I mean, there may have been mm -hmm. some things that I thought, mm, was that the best choice? No, not really. However, every situation, every challenge, every heartache, everything, every stuff up has led you down the path to where you are today. And looking at it, could I have done something differently? How can I grow from this? How will it shape my character? I think allows us to move forward and um, look at opportunities even the ones that could have the potential to keep us stuck and blocked from achieving what we want to achieve. So brilliant, brilliant response. Let's talk about the third day. What do you mean by that? Well, the third day is a concept that I actually came up with through sports. It was in basketball because uh, once I got into my pro career, Anne-Marie, one of the ways that people came to know me was not the fact that I was playing basketball because you know I'm from the United States, but I'm playing basketball in Europe. And most Americans, even basketball fans, do not watch European basketball. So it's not like you know, I'm walking through the mall and I'm getting mobbed. It's not like that. Nobody knew who I was from basketball, but they knew me from YouTube. So I was putting all these videos on YouTube of me just training basketball. That's where I initially built my audience. So these players would be watching me on YouTube and they would notice that I was always in this empty basketball gym practicing. And in America, basketball is a very popular sport, especially for young men. So they would see me in this empty gym and they would start asking like, they would get curious, like, Dre, how do you always have a gym to yourself? They just want to know, like, do you have a gym in your house? Like, do you own a gym? Do you rent the gym out? Do you just go really early or really late? And the answer to the question was this whole concept of the third day, which is the fact that the matter is the gym that I was going to, Anne-Marie, was a public gym. It was owned by the city of Miami, which is where I live now. And it costs like $10 a month to go to this gym, U.S. dollars. So in other words, anybody could afford to go to this gym. We're not talking about you no know, Equinox is $200 a month, it's $10. Anybody can go. And everybody knew where the gym was. If you live in Miami, you could look at those videos. You knew where I was at. The thing is, on day one of any situation, when people get started, everybody's all excited. I mean, how many entrepreneurs have you come across, Anne-Marie, who have an idea for a book or a course or a program or a system or a podcast? And that first day, they're really excited about doing it. They have all these ideas they want to throw out and all this stuff they're going to do. These, this grand vision. And everybody's all excited and they do everything you say, right, on day one. On day two, they're still following what you say and they're still following the system and the program for the most part, but with a little bit less enthusiasm and they're listening to you a little bit less and a few people don't show up. Maybe you think they just got sick that day. Maybe they overslept. You don't know. It's only the second day. About a third day. And this can be literally the third day or it can be a metaphorical third day. By the third day, this is when everybody realizes that this thing that they signed up for is going to be some actual work. OK, having a, having a podcast is not as all funny games. Right? It's not one mm -hmm. big party. Being an entrepreneur is not just going to be this long sliding board down into a pool and it's all celebration. There's some real work that goes into this. And the third day is any situation in life. It doesn't have to be one, two, three in a row. It can be a whole year straight. It can be a month. It can be any situation in which we come to the realization that the thing that we signed up for is not all fun and games. It's not one big party. There will be some real work involved. And that's the moment that separates the pros from the amateurs, because that is the moment in which we decide, and this is a decision, 
are you going to show up all the way and be a professional here or are you an amateur who only shows up when it's fun and when it's exciting and when you feel like doing the work and that is what separates the pros from everybody else yeah that whole uh saying that i'm sure people have um been saying for many years and probably still will be oh you must have had a lot of good luck but what people don't realize is the fact that when there was no one in those court in the court you were there practicing every single move right. not just once not just twice and that's the thing i think that many of us it, no matter even if we're in business or in a career or whatever it is that we have our heart set on it's the moments where you are able to show up on the third day the fifth day the tenth day the hundredth day you're doing do what it takes to be able to continue to, to master that craft, if you will, is it does, doesn't it? So it's what happens behind the scenes. So what would you say then to someone who is experiencing a third day moment? What are some of the mindset? I mean, you, you said something very powerful. That is, you have to have the intention that this is just going to be. But what are some things if people are struggling and going, yeah, Dre, we hear you, we hear you, but we're really struggling. What are some other insights you can share around? How do we keep um, showing up? Well, number one thing that people need is you need some kind of anchor. I tell people that you need an anchor for your discipline. It's not so much that you need motivation because motivation comes and goes and what motivates you this month is not going to work as well next month because the effect eventually wears off. So that discipline anchor is basically what is the outcome or the result that you're looking to achieve that, that the outcome or result has to have a strong enough pull on you that you are willing to be disciplined in order to get to that outcome. So what is that going to be for you? And it's funny because I was just on my on my Instagram story. I was talking to my you know, on the story, telling my audience this, that goals are basically a stated intention in the mind. And the reason that most people are not ambitious by definition is because in order to be ambitious, you have to be going after a goal. And most people don't have goals. Most people have no intention. They don't have an anchor. They don't have anything that they're trying to get to. They're just showing up every day and working just to work. They're just doing it because they see everybody else doing it. So one of the keys to mastering the third day is, first of all, you have to have a desired outcome. You have to have a definite chief aim, as Napoleon Hill talks about in Think and Grow Rich. What is the outcome that you're looking to get to? And that pull has to be strong enough to pull you through those third days and through those rough patches. The challenge for many people, and I think uh, Jim Rome was the first person I heard uh, credited with saying this, is that a lot of people come up short, Tony Robbins as well, it's because their goals are just impotent. Their goals are just not strong enough to pull them through anything because they don't have a strong enough desire to achieve anything. And this yes. is really where people get stuck on the third. It's not that they don't have the talent or the ability or the energy or the motivation. It's just the thing that they would get by going through the third day is not worth it to them so that they don't do it. Yeah. You know, it's interesting that you say that then. So if someone is not really driven forward, pull forward because of that goal, does that just mean that they haven't dug deep enough as to why it's so significant? If they say to you, Dre, look, I, we've got a goal to be able to grow our business, um, mm -hmm. but it just doesn't feel empowering. What would you say to them then to do some investigation, to be curious around, well, what is it about that goal that's not exciting? What are some things that you've done or seen others do? to turn that around, to make it so clear that they would get up even on a rainy day, if that makes sense. Great question. And the answer to that is we got to get from the, we got to go from the logical to the emotional because human beings, we usually express our thoughts and our ideas through logic, but what really moves us to action is not logic. What moves us to action is emotion. So what you do, you simply, you ask the question why six times. 
So when someone tells you what their goal is, you ask them or you ask yourself, anyone who's listening to this, why do I want to expand my business? Why do I want to double my revenue this year? Then you're going to get an answer. Ask yourself why again. When you get that answer, ask again, why is that? Keep asking that question. You have to ask yourself why at least six times. And then you're going to get to the emotional reason why you want it, because the first couple answers are going to be because then we'll be able to expand operations and I can hire an assistant and we can move into a new office and I get a warehouse and I can buy me a new computer. All the logical stuff that sounds good that we'll tell everybody in the whole world. But by the time you ask yourself why six times, you start to get to those deep emotional wise, the kind of stuff that you don't tell people, the kind of stuff yes. that you wouldn't tell the whole world about. Those are the ones that really move you to action and then they express themselves through logical rational reasoning when we want to tell other people but is that emotional piece that's what you got to get to when you get to that then all the logical stuff actually becomes a whole lot easier yeah you know what's interesting and you don't have to share what your why was the real deep why um that really mm -hmm. just drove you you know to go to that court and to practice over and over again even when no one was looking but i think mm -hmm. that often with an individual who really has that ambition the drive they set but their bar so high and often we say you know we set our bar so high there's no way we would put that on someone else but i wonder if you mm -hmm. look at the why that you had as that young teenage boy or the teenager to some of the whys that are now driving you forward, are they similar or have they changed somewhat? Or is it just the drive and you know, that determination, commitment, all of those things are just so important that still is strong? Does that make sense? Is it similar or has it changed for you? Well, it's changed for me in some ways because coming from the athletic world, one of my main drives was I was just looking at the situation, you know, coming the fact that I only played one year of high school basketball and I sat at the end of the bench in high school and I played at a, a low level in college, which is a level that doesn't really produce pros. I was fighting against the circumstance. I wasn't you no know, fighting against any individual person. I might have used some of those people kind of as proxies or as excuses because they gave me a clear target. But I was really fighting against the situation and just trying to prove that I was better than the situation that I was in as an athlete. So that was really my drive to make it in sports. And it's something that I tell players all the time because a lot of players, you know, they come to me with the logical questions. How often did you practice? How many hours a day? How many times should I do this dribbling drill? Or I heard Kobe Bryant practice this much, so I need to do the same thing. Like, yeah. hey, maybe those things will help you. They will help you improve. But are you going to help you cut through the other 10,000 players who think they should be playing at the same level? No. What's going to help you cut through is you need something that's deeper than that. You need something emotional to drive you. So for me now in the entrepreneurial space, it's – really just this message, this this whole framework and brand that I've created, work on your game. I believe this has the power to really make an impact on the world the same way that Nike has just do it. It can have that kind of impact. And it's my responsibility, it's my moral obligation to get this message out to people because I know every time mm -hmm. somebody every time somebody hears this message for the first time, they get it and they say, damn, that's actually very it's powerful. It makes sense. It can apply to pretty much anyone. So knowing that is my responsibility to get that message out. So when I see someone with a, a message that I think mine is better and they have more audience, then I just get competitive. You know, so I'm a yeah, competitive you know, person. So <laughs> I got to get it out there. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that you said that. And, and there's some real insight for that because people are listening because often what we do is we look at other people exactly what you said with these young players you know they did this mm -hmm. and it worked for them should i embrace that as well should i do that as right. well 
as to an aspect, yeah, you still need to do the, the, the various steps. But then there comes a difference is what will what really motivates you? And I did not realize how competitive I was till we were at a till we were at a um sometimes it's actually a little bit embarrassing because something just switches and they can be my best friends. And if we're on an opposing team, I mean we are just huddling together and finding out how we can annihilate, you know, the rest of the team. And I wasn't aware of that till we were at a um an event personal development event and we were split up into teams and we were just doing what we did in our team and someone came up to me and said you guys are just really competitive but that is what really sparks some people into action is it competitiveness what is it about that um and when you tap into that it just as you said pulls you forward and it's recognizing what is it for me that drives me into action and that continues to to have you show up no matter what's happening. And I think it's on the days, as you said, where you don't feel like it, but you continue to do day after day, month after month, year after year, that is going to make the difference. Let's talk about how to tap into the super you, unlock the highest level of confidence without having to fake it till you make it. If you could share this, because I'm sure that there are so many people said, what is it going to take? How do I do that? Sure. So I'll give you a, a story from basketball, not my story, but a friend of mine. He's a basketball player. And actually, one of my TED Talks is based around this uh, story. Uh, he was playing high school basketball and he was maybe the ninth or 10th best player on the team. Now, basketball team only has about 12 to 15 guys on it. So this guy is mediocre on his best day. He's not a very good player. He wasn't he had no future in basketball. He was playing high school and that would pretty much be it. But this one day in practice, the coach comes, gathers all the boys up. He says, today we're going to do something different. Today, I'm going to assign each one of you players to pretend to be one of your teammates all day in practice. So for those of you who never played basketball, just imagine you're at work at your office. And for one day, everyone has to pretend to be one of your coworkers. So you know exactly how they work. You know their tendencies. You know what they do well. You know what they do poorly. You are going to go the whole day pretending to be them. And the coach says to the players, the reason we're going to do this is because instead of me telling you all what mistakes you're always making, your teammate is going to show you who you are. They are going to emulate you all day. So every mistake that you're always making, your teammate is going to make that mistake. And everything you do well, your teammate's going to do that. So the coach goes down the line. He assigns each player to be somebody else. And this player, his guy, his name is Tucker. He gets assigned to be his teammate, Mike. Now, his teammate, Mike, just happens to be the best player on the team. Mike is a leading scorer on the team. He had a Division I college scholarship. He actually had a future in basketball. Now, Tucker, his assignment here is to pretend to be the best player on the team, even though on a day-to-day -day basis, he's a very mediocre player. So, Anne-Marie, let me ask you this question. Knowing this scenario, how do you think Tucker performed in practice that day? Wow. I could just imagine. I mean, just you sharing that, I'm thinking, can you imagine the insights and the ahas that people had through the experience yeah. of that and seeing there's nothing better than being role modeled, isn't it? So how did it right. turn out? What happened? Well, he said he performed better that day than he had ever performed in his life. He had his yeah. best performance on a basketball court ever, and he hasn't been able to replicate it since. And the oh. thing is, what happened that day, he's making all kinds of wild shots that he never makes. He's trying things he never even tries, but he was doing it all successfully. So his teammates were looking at him, select all like, man, where is this coming from? Because they'd yeah. never seen him Who do this. this? Yeah. And so what Tucker had uh, tapped into is what we are talking about here, which is the super you. So it's you still being yourself. This is not fake it till you make it. But this is you tapping into your highest possible level of confidence. 
And from this example, you know, I always people always ask about the fake it till you make it thing. We talk confidence. But if you think about this example, when Tucker is pretending to be the best player on the team, he couldn't pretend that the ball went in the basket. Either it goes in or it doesn't. Right. That's not faking it till you make it. it. Either you either made the shot or you didn't. He didn't fake doing the moves. He really was doing those things. So what he had done is he had borrowed his confidence from someone else. Basically, he could use his teammate Mike as a, a proxy or as a model and just put himself in Mike's shoes. So this is what I would say to a, let's say a basketball player who's about to go play in a game. He's very nervous. I'll say, well, who's your favorite player? Uh, your favorite player is Stephen Curry or LeBron James. Okay. How would LeBron James walk onto the court for this game tonight? Right. How would Steph Curry feel when he walks into the gym and all the fans are on top of him and they're all looking at him and he knows that half of them want him to fail because they're from the, they're cheering for the other team and everybody else is watching him. How would Steph Curry feel in this situation? Would he be nervous? Would he be anxious? Would he be uh, sweaty palms? Would he be thinking about messing up? Or would he be excited because everybody's watching him? He gets to show everyone his talent. So mm -hmm. it's really about the mindset that you put yourself into because Tucker yeah. always had the ability to do those things that he did. Right? It's not like he just uh, randomly came up with these skills in 30 seconds when his coach told him to pretend to be Mike. He already had the ability to do those things. It was just his coach basically gave him the permission to show off those abilities. That's what Super U is about. It's not necessarily about, yes, it is about you no know, not being nervous about everything. It's also about not talking down on yourself and you no know, putting yourself out there boldly and authentically. But is a key thing about confidence, Anne-Marie, that a lot of people never talk about. It's, and especially the Super U, mm -hmm. is giving yourself the permission to step out of the box of what you've always been. Mm. And this is one of the biggest challenges for people, because by the time we get to adulthood, by age 21, we are kind of in this box, this way that we are. And people around us expect us to be a certain way. And for the most part, a lot of us live our whole lives conforming to what we think other people want us to be. Yeah, the labels. Is, yeah, exactly. So the super yeah. you is about giving yourself permission to step out of that box. Yeah. And what I love about that, you know, the the faking it till you make it. I mean, the whole word and it's in and of itself faking, you don't give yourself mm. credit because what what happened then to that young man, he was acting as if he was borrowing, as you said, the confidence, borrowing the moves, borrowing the the mindset of the teammate mm. who was the best on the team. And right. when it's interesting though, isn't it, that after that exercise finished, that he didn't hang on to it. You would have assumed that he'd gone, I'm just going to continue to act as if because then you realise I'm actually doing it. So what do I need to do to be able to maintain this level of standard? Isn't it interesting that, we, and I've heard it say before, and I can't credit to who it was that originally said this, we win or lose, whether you win or lose often happens here, isn't it? Before right. it actually happens in action. Yeah. Right. And the reason to answer your question there, why he wasn't able to maintain it is because he was a, a 16 year old kid. He was an amateur. Uh, what I tell people when I tell that story is that the professionals and usually when I'm talking this story, I'm talking to professionals. You all are grown men and women, so you don't have the excuse of being a teenager. You yeah. make the choice to show up every day and perform at that highest level and you don't need your coach or your boss to give you permission to do it. You got to give yourself permission. And then you have to choose to stay in that space. So that's yeah. the difference. Yeah, because once you think about something, you set that intention. Who do I need to be to be the top player? What moves do right. I need to make? 
you know, all those things, similarly in business, who do I need to be? What do I need to do? What choices do I need to, to make? What labels mm -hmm. do I need to stop calling myself? What excuses do I need to make? I mean, I'm sure that there is a list of 10 to 20 different things that we can document as to who do we need to be and how do we need to show up to be able to be that super you and then do that constantly, do that every single day. And particularly when things do go wrong or something didn't quite happen that you expected. I think it's a, a wonderful reminder. Let's talk about one other thing which I think many entrepreneurs continue to struggle with. It's the shiny bright object syndrome, shiny information syndrome. It can keep us yeah. stuck, it can keep us distracted, can't it? Share a little bit more about this. Yeah, so we all have heard of shiny object syndrome, right? We our eyes are attracted to that blingy thing, whatever it is, and we go running towards it. But these days, the biggest challenge is not the object, it's the information because we're all on our we're all on these devices all day. So it's really information and you know the things that we can just take in with our eyes that go into our heads. That's the thing that we get distracted by, especially. And I mean, you have the ambitious, ambitious entrepreneur network. So I know you deal with entrepreneurs who have this challenge, entrepreneurs who they're supposed to be working on one thing. Then the next week they got this new bright idea. Now they want to drop all of that and they want to start this thing over here. Then they want to do this thing. And they have a couple slow weeks where, you know, the advertising and the marketing's not quite turning over the way they want to. They want to throw that all in the trash and start over with something else brand new. So this is shiny information syndrome that people have these days. It's no longer the objects, it's the information. So one of the biggest challenges is one of the biggest challenges for all of us, especially entrepreneurs who pretty much get to do whatever they want to do literally every single day. So the, one of the ways to combat this is you got to have a clear system. You got to have a clear program and then the discipline to stick to the program, because it's one thing. Again, you work with entrepreneurs all the time, Amory. You can give them the program. You can give them the system and it's proven to work, but they still have to make the decision to follow it. Right? And they have to make the decision to actually listen and implement what they have been told. And that is a discipline. And it can't, yeah. you can't force that on another person. They have to have it in them. And that's why the anchor matters so much because they have to have a reason to want it that is strong enough that they are willing to be disciplined even on those third days when things don't seem to be working. I I think if they handed out a Golden Globe Award for the best shiny information <laughs> syndrome <laughs> recipient, I reckon I would win that because I was talking to a client uh, yesterday and I, I kind of was because she was talking about it and I said to her, mate, I, I absolutely relate. There was things that I went all over the place. Thankfully now I'm able to use mm -hmm. all, all of that. But you know what's interesting? What you've just said, you have to do get clear what is that one thing you're working towards and then a lot of us as entrepreneurs we love the new creativity the new projects as long as they're heading in the one direction you know as long as you've got that one vision and mission and for me about seven years ago now um, I always talk about you know my worst business failure ever was the best thing that ever happened to me because it was the wake-up call it was the kick in the pants that now are you ready to focus um, and it is it we have to focus I used to say to people around me whenever you see me are you focused because I knew that the distraction was um, spreading you know so so thin so you talked about really getting really clear and if someone's struggling with that because that in it and of itself can be difficulty as well well how do I know what that one thing is 
what did what are some of the things that you did to get really clear because obviously you transitioned from you know mm. top sport and being top in your sport to now in business what were you some of the things that you did that have helped to to maintain that focus man so coming out of sports and going into entrepreneurship one of the things for me and marie even before i became a pro athlete was i never saw myself as just an athlete i always mm. knew that i had more tools and more skills than just playing sports and on top of that like I told you, I went to a small school that doesn't traditionally produce professional athletes and still doesn't even to this day. So there was no guarantee that I was even going to make it as an athlete for one year, let alone for 10. So mm. when I was first trying to get into professional sports, one of the things I reminded myself of was, hey, this might not work. And when I got mm -hmm. my first job, it was I might not get a second job. When I got my second job, I might not get a third job. When I got my third, I might not get a fourth. So I was always looking at uh, what am I going to do when this ends? Because this is going to end at some point. And even even if I have a great career and I played till I'm no, I played 20 years. Still, at that point, when you get done playing professional sports, you're 40 years old. All right? If you're amazing, you're 40 years old. You still got half of your life to live. So who are you then? And it's not even about the a money aspect for any athlete whether they need it or not it's about for me it was always i never wanted to be a person who when you talk to me i got to bring up something the last significant thing i did was five years ago right mm. i want to be doing something significant today like yeah. i don't want to tell you i don't want to keep talking about what i used to do i stopped playing basketball so you said seven years ago i stopped playing basketball seven years ago so my thing is i need to be doing something significant today i don't want to keep bringing because the further away you get from an accomplishment the less it matters right so at some point 10 years from now i might not even be bringing up the fact that i played pro basketball because it might not sound it might not matter anymore all right he yeah. stopped playing basketball you know, 17 years ago who cares like this 17 years ago so old what are you doing right now so i've always been the type of person i want to have something going on today so that was my main number one thing is to figure it out as quickly as possible so that was the start you know what's really valuable in hearing you say that and as a reminder for ourselves be mindful about where you place your identity because if your identity rem remained as that top sport you know that top athlete it would be very difficult to move past something wouldn't it but the fact that you had always kept your you know your eye open if you will um to to say you know this is now but what's kind of next, what's happening now, the decisions that I can make. And so often um, we don't do this. I've spent you know, over 10 years working in the career industry. And one of the things that I often observed, unfortunately, was people did not can take control of their careers. They let their careers take control of them. They were not proactive, they were reactive. So, you know, and when we don't take the mindset and set intentions like you have done consistently, we are often always on the back foot. We're always trying to catch up we're always trying to put out the fires but if we take a proactive stance to our careers and say well what's happening now where do I want to be what is the goal what's my vision my mission what do I need to continue to do today that will lead me there and all of the things that you spoke about today um, mm -hmm. we need to continue to do constantly don't we absolutely and it's even it's funny that you even say that Anne-Marie because just today I was talking about that with myself because one of my main focuses for we're heading into quarter two right now. So I think right now you're on the 31st. So today's the 30th where we are. But I, one of the things I told myself for quarter two is I need to really focus on, I tell my audience the same thing, implementation over invention. 
and yeah. really need to focus on implementing. I already have I already have the intellectual property, I already have the skills, I already have the abilities. What I really need to focus on is not coming up with new inventions and new new information, shiny information. It's implementing, following the processes and following the systems. And where I don't have them, I need to create them and I need to follow them. Those are the things that create long lasting success It's not just going off of talent. It's not just going off of coming up with brand new ideas and you know, pulling a rabbit out of your hat every month. It is having a process and a system that works over and over and over again. What I tell people is the same things the same way every time. Those yeah. are the things that work just right. like McDonald's, just like Walmart, just like Amazon. They last not because they come up with a brand new thing every month is because they have a system that works over and over again. And humans can do the exact same thing. It just requires a discipline. Yeah, so true. You know, a colleague of mine would often say every year, you know, what are you doing this year? Same thing. It's just that I'm That's streamlining, right. doing things better. I'm <laughs> looking at the things that I did that didn't quite work out. It is. It's true, mm -hmm. isn't it? Constantly evolving. But the thing, it's like mastering the art of you know, being a sportsman, being this top athlete, you're consistently building muscle and, and all of those things, strengths and things like that. The same with business. You're continually building the foundations and those foundations continue to strengthen and you grow and you expand. Uh, and I think as businesses, what we forget to 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 really focus us on building momentum because once we build momentum and it continues to move in the same direction, heading in the same direction, we can build off of things, can't we? We leverage that momentum, but we often will never start that momentum because we're too busy chasing, as you said, different, different groups. And, and I would do that in the career industry, mm -hmm. spent months creating a program, launched it a couple of times, then got bored. But I want to create something right. else, you know, <laughs> get so good right. at the same thing that it bores you. But then you can hire a team to be able to do things and, you know, different deliveries. But I've just brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. So, Dre, if people want to listen to your podcast, find out more about the work that you do, share us how to connect all of those connection points. Sure. So I have a daily solo podcast. It's called Work On Your Game. So it's just me. So hopefully y'all like the sound of my voice because that's what you're going to get there. Uh, it comes out every single day. It is called Work On Your Game. So it's on all platforms. Uh, as far as social media, the one I'm on all the social media platforms. I'm not on TikTok. I don't, I'm not active there, but I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter. I use Instagram probably the most actively, but I publish on every platform consistently. So just look my name up on any one of those I do have my book, The Third Day, and I do send yeah. people a, a physical copy of this book, but they would just cover the shipping now. I know a lot of your audience is in Australia, and any of you that ever bought anything from America, you know the shipping is kind of crazy coming from Australia, from the USA to Australia. But uh, we do have international shipping for the book, so if you want to get it, you might as well get a few because, as you can see, I got a lot of books. These are all my books behind me. So if you go to thirddaybook.com, you just choose the international shipping option. You can get a copy of this book. You can get the hardcover or the paperback, and then we'll offer you some bundles. So you can get up to 10 books, not 10 copies, but 10 different books in one shipment straight from us. And we will send it to Australia. Yeah, so that's thirddaybook.com. Yeah, terrific. Look, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing that. Everything that you've said, if you consistently do that day in and day out, consistently working um, you know, on that vision, that goal, that one direction, you continue to grow, you build the momentum and um, and that's what it's, it's like, continue to show up. Get on the court, even if no one's watching, because it's the things that you do consistently over time that will create the foundations to the success that many are, and significance that uh, many are seeking. So thanks once again for coming on the show. 
Well, thank you for having me, Emery. I'm glad we got to do this. Thanks for the opportunity. This podcast is brought to you by TheInfluenceAlliance.com. Want to influence real change with your message by becoming known as a trusted authority in your industry while building a sustainable and scalable business you love? Find out how by accessing our free podcast series at www.TheInfluenceAlliance.com forward slash podcast series. That's TheInfluenceAlliance.com forward slash This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.